Welcome back to Retirement Intelligence with Tom Bruckner. Tom and his team at Strategic Asset Conservation will work to help you discover the buying power of your future dollars. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Retirement Intelligence with Tom Bruckner. My name is Michelle Wright. You're listening to 960 The Patriot. Let me go ahead, give you our phone number here. It's 480-661-6800. That's 480-661-6800. On the web, we're at gotonight.com. That's G-O, the number two. K-N-I-G-H-T dot com. That's how you get in touch with Tom and the entire team at Strategic Asset Conservation. And Tom, you know, we were talking about things that are coming on. And and just recently, the Federal Reserve opted to, again, leave interest rates the same. And I know we want to talk about this along with uh, all the different data that's coming in. But here's a fun fact for you. It was back in May of 1981. So that is 35 years ago. The Federal Reserve Board raised its discounted rate to 14%. In April, we'll say just a little under 35 years later, the Fed decided to leave their interest rates alone. The AP's Jerry Bodlander reports. I want to play this report and then I want to ask you a couple questions. It was accompanied by a statement that noted the U.S. is experiencing solid job gains despite a slowdown in growth. But with major world economies having trouble and the possibility of spillover impacting the U.S., the Fed decided against a rate increase. Some analysts say the next rate hike may not come before the second half of the year. Now, if you're listening carefully, that first segment of what Jerry said was strong job numbers. Now, those have gone by the wayside in addition to what's going on in the world and all of that. And so that's going to have an effect, isn't it, Tom? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. You set that one up nicely. All I got to do is swing here (laughs) over the green monster, right? Right. As they say at Fenway. Yeah, boy, did we have, uh, we got some some numbers from ADP this week that uh, not so good. We were expecting 200,000 jobs and uh, only 156,000 were created. So they were off by substantial amount. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like 25%. Oops. Right. Um, And that's private sector. So that's like, we're not sugarcoating anything. We're not trying to spin anything. No, no, exactly. Manufacturers shed 11,000 jobs after losing 3,000 the previous month. And service firms, so restaurants, et cetera, added 166,000 down from 189. So job growth is slowing. Right. In other words, we're all talking about adding jobs here, right, mm-hmm. in terms of what we're expecting. So labor is always a lagging indicator. Always, 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 as we go into recession, labor is always the statistic that that finishes, you know, that, that we see movement in last. So unfortunately for the Federal Reserve here, they uh, they love the jobs number. In fact, as the Fed was uh, was contemplating raising rates two years ago, they said, oh, as soon as unemployment gets to six and a half, we're going to feel better about it. Well, it got to six and a half. Crickets. Nothing from the Fed, right? Mm-hmm. No, nope, not we're leaving alone. Got down to six. Got down to five and a half. Nothing. Got down to five. Eh, well, you know, yeah, the world economy might be slowing down a little bit. And then this past December, they said, yeah, okay, we're going to raise 25 basis points. You would have think that you'd taken away the baby's, you know, blanket. Right. 
the teething ring. And the, the bottle. You know, <laughs> and the bottle all at one time because the market just went and had a little hissy fit. And next thing you know, January, February, we're down 13%, one of the worst starts to a new year in market history. Well, we began to recover most of that. Just a few days ago, the market was, uh, was over 18,000. And since then, as more and more economic data has come out, not so much. We got mm-hmm. wind this week that uh, Aeropostale, the clothing store, mm-hmm. originally a year and a half ago, they were going to close 75 stores out of business. Wow. Their stock dropped to three cents. <laughs> three Gosh. Cents. Yeah, that's what it's worth, three cents. Who was it? A sports authority. Sports authority, yeah. Out of business. Five, four, no, 450 store closings. Mm-hmm. That's most of them. Yes. Right? That's most of them. Walmart closing 270 stores. You know it's bad when Walmart is closing stores. Yeah, you think? I mean, look, they're 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 doing well. Um, you know, they're just they you know they, there's some stores they probably shouldn't have built or shouldn't have bought. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in areas that are just economically depressed, and I'm and I'm guessing most of those are probably in the energy sector states. Mm-hmm. You know, like Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, uh, the Dakotas, Wyoming, uh, Alaska. I don't know how many Walmarts there are in Alaska, but I would imagine there's a few. Yeah. But you know, when those when those energy sensitive states aren't doing well, it's probably time to I mean, look, people still need to shop, right? For right. things that Walmart sells and Walmart's prices are the lowest. So you'd think that in a recession, Walmart's gonna do really, really well. Right. That's how bad the underlying economy is. It's not that good. You know, and we got we got earnings announcements, we got earnings uh numbers. Right, and in fact, Mike Larson this week—I I talked about it in the first segment. For years, he said other analysts have been warning that a great crash was just around the corner. Year after year, they were wrong, and year after year, he said, "I steadfastly refuse to join the bearish chorus." Until now, he said, "It is now clear to me that we are staring down the barrel of the bloodiest stock market crash any of us has ever seen. Everywhere I look, I see the signs." A plague of layoffs. Intel is firing 12,000 workers, more than 11% of its sales force. Halliburton cut 6,000 jobs in the first three months of the year. Uh, Yahoo is eliminating 1,700 positions. Monsanto is laying off 1,000 people. The tech party is over. Mm -hmm. The flood of easy money has dried up for Silicon Valley. Venture capital funding plunged 25% just in the last quarter. Median startup valuations have plunged 70%. In just a few months. So, you know, and then and then it's just one thing after another. The automotive industry nightmare, right? Right. The flood of easy money is drying up. Corporate buyback announcements fell uh, in the first quarter, the weakest since 2012. Companies just don't have the money to throw at their own shares anymore with profits and cash flow falling. So these are all, you know, we're, we're not talking like really, really early signs. These are... This is not the beginning of the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is the middle of the beginning that we're seeing right now of this recession. And remember, technically, a rece- we've had an earnings recession for the last probably nine months. An official economic recession is defined as two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Well, we just got the first quarter GDP number. It was 0.5. That's not a lot above zero or right. a negative number. So with two more revisions to come between now and July for the first quarter number, if we end up 
you know, by July, knowing that the first quarter was not actually a positive 0.5, but a negative, oh, I don't know, 0.3, then there's our first of two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Mm -hmm. So we could very well find out in September that we've been in a recession since February. Right. That's how these numbers are. The, the, the Fed and the economists, you know, they drive the economy through the rearview mirror. You know, imagine driving down the road in a car whose windshield is papered over. And the only thing you can see is the rearview mirror where you just were, you know, 30 days ago. Because mm-hmm. the data is all a, more than a month old. So if you start to see a curve in the road in your rearview mirror, the guardrail starts to turn. Mm. You better pull really hard on that wheel. Yes. <laughs> because you're you're about to hit the guardrail, you know, if you don't adjust and, and make that turn. And if you haven't already. Yeah, if you haven't already. So, you know, I mean, you know, even Jack Bogle is saying, you know, the markets aren't cheap right now. So, I, you know, everybody is looking at this and saying, you know, what's the metric? You know, the Case-Shiller S&P, mm-hmm. is it 26, right? Historically, it's been at 16. We have the stocks are expensively priced. They are. And it's interesting because you mentioned Jack Bogle and he was recently on CNBC and he was talking about our outlook on the markets and, and what we really should be thinking when it comes to markets. Here's what he said. The market is not cheap. The dividend yields are low. They've been that way for quite a while. You know, if you're in the market for the long term, you have to accept the market's return, whatever it may be. And so you're thinking about, okay, well, I've got to accept the market's return, whatever it may be. But what if I'm not in the market for the long term? What if I'm looking to get out? I mean, that doesn't really bode well. Well, you know, stockbrokers make money, and, and I, I pick on them because I used to be one. Uh, they make money on, the, on, on AUM, assets under management. And as long as you are in for the long haul, right, you're not selling your stuff. You're basically hanging on for the long term, right? And they design a portfolio or a mix of stocks and bonds for you based on your risk tolerance and your time horizon. What I have found is that many, many uh, of these guys and gals, um, it, they, 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 a lot of their clients have the same portfolio. Mm. A lot of them, right? Because when they balance one, they rebalance, they rebalance others. They don't really have time to individually redesign the portfolios of people ranging in age between 28 and 75, right? They tend to find a niche of clientele, a particular age group, you know, usually 40s and 50s, very often business owners, um, people in upper management, right, who have a portfolio uh, outside of their 401k for them to manage. And, you know, smart money magazine, you know, the Wall Street Journal magazine did a really, uh, really great job a few years ago. They came out with a column. And the premise of the column was that the advisor who got you to retirement is probably not the one to get you through retirement. Mm. Right? Different discipline, different skill set, different toolbox, different, different, you know, level of different area of expertise, I should say. You know, a stockbroker's job, a, a risk-based manager's job, a, a CFP's job very often, if a certified financial planner, is to plan you to something, right, i.e. retirement. Mm-hmm. Once you arrive at it, now it's preserve you through something. Not plan you to it, but preserve you through it. Big difference. Different, whole different toolbox. 
right? We talked in the earlier segment about about couples coming together, and you know, very often women are much more risk averse than their husbands, you know, and yet their concerns are not are very often not represented at the conference table with the with the stockbroker with mm-hmm. the financial advisor, you know. So, you know, I think just to sum up, as we, as we get close to what is probably going to be a significant recession, uh, you know, I hate, to, I hate to quote Donald Trump here, but, but I think he's right. I think as you look at the economic data, you, you can't come. We've never had these metrics as they exist right now in all these areas, earnings, profits, uh, jobs, job creation, factory, you know, purchasing managers index, all this data has never existed at the same time in the way it's now presenting, without a recession being underway. This is, we've never had this mix. So, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's technically a recession or not. What matters is there's no justifiable reason for the market to be where it is. And we are in the eighth year of this ongoing, quote-unquote, bull market. And, you know, most people look at it and say, okay, well, the average duration of a typical bull market is 3.7 years. We're in the eighth year. You think maybe we're due for a major sell-off? I certainly think so. And 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 all of these investment firms are now coming out and saying, yeah, you might want to pull back. You might want to check that out. So let me go ahead and give you the phone number so you can get in touch with Tom and his entire team at Strategic Asset Conservation. That phone number is 480-661-6800. That's 480-661-6800. 6800 on the web. We're at gotonight.com. That's G O, the number two, K N I G H T.com. Tom, believe it or not, we're at the end of another retirement intelligence program. I know you want to say so long to everybody out there. Yeah, everybody have a happy Mother's Day on that cheerful note, right? Here we are telling you the sky is falling. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Retirement Intelligence with Tom Bruckner. For your own personal appointment with Tom and the team at Strategic Asset Conservation, call 480-661-6800. That's 480-661-6800. We'll return next week with more Retirement Intelligence with Tom Bruckner. The information covered today is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal or tax advice. It can't be used to avoid tax penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. You are encouraged to consult your tax attorney or advisor. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurer. Riders may be available at an additional cost. Product and features may vary from state to state. For full details on how life insurance works, including fees, expenses, and costs, contact our office at 480-661-6800.